welcome to the Irish Pagan School podcast. Your hosts are authors and co-founders of the Irish Pagan School here in County Waterford, Ireland, Laura O'Brien and John O'Sullivan. Falcha. Hello, this is Laura O'Brien from the Irish Pagan School and I'm here with one of our teachers, Geraldine Byrne. Today we're going to be talking about magical wards, protecting yourself, protecting your house, protecting your family and your living space or your property or whatever that looks like. And we're going to be going through a basic structure of how to do that, which includes at its most baseline level, includes cleansing your space, setting your intention, choosing your materials, creating your wards and maintaining your wards. So um, just before we get we we dive in here, um, I do want to mention that we have a free gift for you um, for the year here from Irish Pagan School. We have a free guide, which is the Trustworthy Resources Checklist. So you can get that at irishpagan.school forward slash checklist. And if you're watching on YouTube, there'll be a link below to that as well. So without further ado, I'm going to pass you over to Geraldine, who will introduce herself. Geraldine, why am I talking to you about Magical Wards today? Um, I have no idea. I just came out for a chat. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, I'm Geraldine Morton-Spurn. I am, as I said, I teach at the IPS. I'm a poet. I'm a writer. Um, I write life rites and uh, celebrations and uh, ceremonies. And I write fiction and all kinds of things. But I am a practitioner of Irish magic and I am in particular a practitioner of Drake Kyo, which is the, the, the magic of word and of sound, which is a huge part of Irish traditions. And I am a lifelong student of folklore and folk magic practices. So one of the things that for me is you have to do is to you you live this. You don't just, you know, it's not just an academic or a, an intellectual pursuit. And wards and hexes and keeping your your actual space, your your house and your space within the house and also your person safe is one of the fundamental things our ancestors have practiced for thousands of years, right up to very modern times. It was just a natural part of, you know, you, you might carry a big stick when you went out, but you also carried protection and, you know, people put their trust in different talismans and stuff so that's why we're here today yeah so we can start with maybe the first point there so cleansing your space um now obviously i've broken these five points down to the most absolute basic and this is going to vary by tradition it's going to vary by person it's going to vary by situation by experience level by all of that but i think you know we agreed kind of before that these five points of cleansing setting your intention, choosing your materials, creating the wards and maintaining the wards were just the absolute foundations of it. But we are going to obviously dip into this um, on each point. So within the Irish magic tradition, the Dreyacht tradition, how would you personally go about cleansing your space? Sound, noise, absolutely. I, I, I have done this for other people and I've done it for myself and for me, that's the most natural way to go. And it literally doesn't have to be fancy. You need absolutely no ma- musical ability whatsoever. But 
if you think your voice is the first instrument man ever had, we, we raise our voices. You can shout, you can chant, you can take a word that has power for you and you can just shout it over and over again. But a, a very basic traditional way of doing it would be to move from room to room and driving bad energy, old energy. And it's not just even bad energy, old energy is important. Energy in a house becomes stale and it just, you want to freshen it. So for me, I would have a bar on the Irish uh, traditional frame drum. I would have a, oh, behind you on the wall. Um, I, I have a few of them. <laughs> I would have, um, I would have a saucepan and a, a spoon. And bang it, anything that makes we noise. just as we're recording this, we just passed New Year's New Year's Eve, actually. And one of the Irish folk traditions is literally to get saucepans at a wooden spoon and just bang it all the way through the house yeah. to clear the energies, you know. So it, it, it is a huge part of the Irish folk tradition still to this day. And it's literally practiced. And some form of this noise making is practiced all through Ireland. And you see it coming up in different ways. But its basic idea is almost always the same to drive the energy out to freshen it up and you're thinking about new year's eve there uh, the idea of opening the back door and greeting or saying goodbye to the old year and letting the new year in the front door again if you think about that you're letting air into your house you're freshening things you're shouting you're shouting out goodbye you like a welcome that's using word and sound and drink kill and anything you do like that now there are people who come, obviously, from maybe a Wiccan tradition or whatever, who might prefer to use salt or, mm. you know, water. Or this. There's, yeah. there's no wrong way to, to do it if it resonates with you. But if you are looking for an authentically Irish tradition, sound, noise, clean your house. There's no point in putting barriers and wards and hexes on your house. If you've trapped all trapped that all energy the in there, yeah, yes. you're now in there with it. You know? yeah, and it is, yeah. I think it's actually probably the simplest mistake that most people make when they're trying to, to make a space their own. Yeah. And if you think within a house, I shared like with people for many years. <laughs> and you have to respect people have different views on things and people have different attitudes. And some people, you know, will take a miss, you know, if, mm. if you're doing something overt that they find a little disturbing. Um, which would be me usually but uh, I found that my space within the house if I didn't maintain that yeah I was uncomfortable in the house absolutely well so it might just be your bedroom if you're sharing it might be the bedroom and a section of of the living room that you use but you have the right to make a little space for yourself there yeah and you know with with the idea, um, I know we're both quite uh, familiar with the, the neurodiversity and neurospiciness from our own families and our own experiences. Um, but I, like even with that in mind, I do just want to make the point as well that just from a purely practical point of view, just physically cleaning the space as well. Yes. Is is actually like that. That should maybe be your first step, you know, um, at least like doing a bit you know, doing what you can. Um, I'm not trying to shame anybody. Um, believe me, in you know, in an ADHD household, believe me, I understand what, you know, all that's involved in that. But all of that being said, every single psychological study about mental health and, you know, just feelings and energy and all the rest of it um, will tell you that having a, a clear clean clutter-free space is better than not you know yeah so 
so I, I, I would hate to kind of, you know, talk about cleansing your space without actually talking about just that kind of practicality. of exactly. it. Well, you know, yeah. And for some people as well, if if their energy goes on that and that's all they have, the energy, that is enough. That you know, that enough. is a, exactly. that, yeah. yeah, you yeah. have to tailor what you do yeah. to your own needs. Yeah. And yeah. there's no point in setting out on something that's meant to protect you and make you feel better. And it makes you feel worse and inadequate. Exactly. And, and, exactly. You know, so exactly. figure and, out how much you can do. Exactly. And like cleansing your space could be as simple as, as changing your bed in your bedroom and then literally kind of standing up to bring, you know, to bring your, your sound into it, standing up, clapping your hands and going, no, we're done. You know, yeah, <laughs> and that's it, it. it can actually be that simple, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So. And in the GHQ class that I taught for you, we, we talk a lot about humming. Humming is a really underrated activity spiritually and magically. Humming can attune you to the space in which you are. And you'll find that as you hum, you might start at one pitch, but when you stop being very conscious, you just keep humming, your pitch will actually lower or rise and you are tuning into that room. If that's like if that's what it takes you, do you know what I mean? That can yeah, be a yeah, really good thing. Yeah, yeah. Sound and noise and as you say, even clapping your hands like this, it all adds up and it's all worth doing as much as you can. Exactly. Exactly. And I suppose hand in hand then with that is the idea of setting your intention. Um, you can actually be setting your intention as you're kind of working through your cleansing of your space, or you can do it as a separate activity, if you like, then. Um, but as you're cleansing your space, you should be doing it, whatever you're doing, you should be doing it with that intention. I will just give a kind of an honourable mention to the fact that we don't we don't culturally appropriate other people's traditions. <laughs> um, when, you know, if you were to Google like cleansing your space energetically, there's going to be a lot of reference to smudging which you know is is a particularly um culturally um sensitive term uh and we just you know you don't have to do that but the idea of smoke cleansing is also um practical through many different traditions including the irish tradition including um you know we we have we do have a um mostly for health now in fairness but we do have a a, a, a sweat houses archaeologically um we have an archaeological tradition let's just call it that um because that's that's as much as we can actually say right from the kind of 1800s 1900s of these small stone huts effectively where um you would crawl into them and um light a, a, a peat or a turf fire and have that smoke and the sweat and actually have it as a cleansing process. Now, Ireland is a very damp country, so there would be obvious health benefits to this as well, especially if somebody was ill, to be able to put them into that small enclosed space and actually like sweat it out of them, cleanse it out of them. Um, You know, and I mean, this is how a fever works in your body and your own natural immune system. So like all of that is part of it as well. But I just wanted to kind of give that honourable mention to the smoke clearing traditions. Um, You can do that without culturally appropriating anybody else yeah um you can make and... your own bundles of herbs dried herbs and um, mugwort is 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 one that was used here and um, there's any kind of native irish herb really would have been used i suppose at some point um but or like a spray or like a salt spray as geraldine mentioned um salt is is a is a natural cleanser as well so you could literally put salt water into a bottle and spray it around a room you know like there are many different ways of doing this 
and it, it really is up to you you know whether you're working in a particular tradition or you know you may be part of a culture or a tradition that uses smudging and and obviously that's fine then at that point um but it is up to you kind of how you do it but it is a very important first start first step sorry Jar, i think i i kind of cut you off <laughs> that's the, i agree yeah okay awesome yeah, so any kind of incense, purification tools, anything like that. Um, but um, again, at its, at its simplest, you know, clear the space um, as, to, you know, to the best of your ability, clean it, um, set things right, set things in order as much as you can, um, use the sound, use the smoke, use the sprays, use whatever you need to use um, and kind of make sure that you're starting with that clean slate. Okay. And you were saying about setting intention and doing it separately or during it. I would, I have to say, and again, it is entirely up to the person and it's up to how everybody's process works. Yeah. But where possible, I would make a plea for doing always, always do it as an integral part of what you're doing yeah. as you clean. Yeah. I would, I would, if someone came to me and said, what's the best way to do it? I would genuinely say as you're cleaning, because Every action that you do shouldn't be, it shouldn't be like, oh, this is a mundane action and this is a magical action. And No, the whole thing comes together. It's integral. Mm -hmm. If you set your intention as you clean, as you tidy, as you purify, as you cleanse, yes, you can, there's nothing stopping you from then stopping and having a little maybe moment of very seriously contemplating your intention. But it will be so much stronger for having been part. And then that cleansing Mm -hmm. is stronger because your intention is attached to it. So I, yeah, that would be, and as I say, I am aware that for some people, one thing has to happen after the, and that is fine. But when you can try to to integrate them. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things I value about your teaching, Ger, and it's something that we 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 really do hold hold of value within the Irish Pagan School is like none of this is prescriptive, right? And um, what we really want by creating this content, by teaching our classes, by whatever we're doing, is to give people the tools that they can then make their practices something that actually suits them, suits their life, suits their experience, you know. So please don't take it that that there's any kind of one true way bullshit going on here, because that is definitely not our intention as we come into this. No, 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 no. Better keep right. our intention here. Yes. And that's, that is so true. And I think that it, there is a problem. But obviously, when you set out to teach something, to lay something out, there has to be some structure or, or you're just rambling. You know? yeah. okay. But the problem is, and I think possibly, I mean, we all come from like an educational background in the sense where we were taught things by rote. And there's a feeling like there are rules and these rules should be obeyed. But we're, we're not, we're adults. As long as you're, what you're doing is rooted in an authentic understanding of Irish traditions, mm your your personal version of that is authentic if it's just oh i'm just gonna pick a bit here and pick a bit there and take everything out of context that's the only thing that people go no please don't do that but it's a living tradition it evolves and it can't stop evolving that's my child (laughs) (laughs) off you go and I can hear Mark in the background going part, of the, part of the living tradition is that we are you know we have families yeah. <laughs> that's it absolutely but you know you it just I 
I am very firm on the idea that we should respect the roots of our tradition and our heritage. But I hate to see people tied up in knots about, am I doing it right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know what? Intention goes a huge way here. If you are intending to do it right, if your intention is to honour rather than appropriate, yeah. then you are honouring. This, you know, yes, it's, it's exactly. intention goes exactly. a long way. Exactly. And, you know, our, our like if we had to boil down our methodology in the Irish Pagan School, I think we'd all be, you know, for all the variation across all the different teachers and our backgrounds and our experience and all the rest of it. What it would come down to is, I believe, to to learn as in, you know, actually learn what it is and, and where it's coming from genuinely. Get those authentic resources. Again, there's a there's a, a free gift available for you in that uh, trustworthy resources checklist. Um, so you can actually learn. And then to experience, to actually put that into practice and to, you know, to try it out for yourself and see what's going to work for you. And then the third step then in that methodology would be to integrate that, to actually repeat that process, to bring it into your life, as you're saying, you know, not separate out the mundane from the magical or the spiritual, because that is a huge part of Irish paganism, as far as I can see it, of Irish magic is the integration into the everyday, you know. Hello, this is Laura O'Brien, and I want to make sure that you get access to our free gift for you, which is the Roots and Reverence Ancestral Connection Toolkit. So this is a five-day guided exploration, which will be delivered to you free over email series, and it's as enlightening as it is grounding. It's designed for anyone who feels a kinship with Irish paganism, whether you carry Ireland in your blood, your heart, or the soul memories of lifetime past. There is no cost, only the promise of authentic connection to Ireland, as ever from us. So go to irishpagan.school forward slash roots, that's R-O-O-T-S, to get your ancestral connection toolkit. And again, it's all free, delivered free over five days. There's resources, there's exercises, there's connections, there's all sorts of cool stuff. So I hope you enjoy that. It is our free gift to you for being a valued podcast member. So back to the episode. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like Irish paganism, like if you go back two, three hundred years and a lot of our understanding of folklore and folk magic really is from the last four to five hundred years. Those people were Catholic. Those people were Christian. Those people were non-believers. You know, I mean, you know, the idea that there was an unbroken paganism is is, so simply doesn't exist. But there was an unbroken just spiritual attunement to to the other world to the idea of the pishos and the, and the superstitions and the the she and the it was all part of life and it was as real as your neighbor living next door absolutely absolutely you know and so, that's why we call them living traditions because yeah. they're not it's not a living religion it's not you know it's not that there's a spiritual lineage that goes back to the bronze age you know like none of us are are here for that none of us are claiming that anybody who's claiming that by the way is full of shit and yeah. uh, should not be listened to it's run, not a trustworthy is not a trustworthy resource and is not on your trustworthy resource list <laughs> no no which you can get with the link below <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so yeah, so so step one, step two, but we're going to just, you know, we're going to call set two, step two to set your intention if we take it as at that point, you know, once you've cleared and, and cleaned to clearly state your intention for creating those wards specifically. And it can just be as simple as, you know, I am creating these wards to protect my home and those within it from negative energies. You know, it literally, it can be as simple as that. Um, it, it can get very much more complicated at that point if you want. Um, this is the point maybe where if you were working with ancestors or deities or, um, you know, you wanted to, to bring different elements or, um, you know, call on if you have something that um, like some kind of nature spirit that would be in your area that you think would be useful or, you know, something like that could be maybe brought in, especially if you're doing maybe boundary magic outside your home, you know, that'd be more where that kind of boundary between, the, you, you know, you and nature meets. Um, so all of those things maybe will be brought in at that point with the set your intention, you know, Um what do you think of that, Jair? Sorry, rambling here. Yeah, I just actually wanted to add something there because um, because I live in an urban environment and I consider myself to be an urban pagan and I I deal with the city as a living entity. Yeah. And one of the my one of my duties as a guardian in the city is setting boundaries and walking boundaries. So there's an there's a sense in my area where I I have my boundaries that I maintain and. It's much larger than outside the home, but I I help that area mm. be free from negativity. Yes, yeah. The the idea, as you say, like you've got your you've got your space within the house, you've got your front door, back door, you've got your house, you've got your garden if you have a garden, but then you have an environment outside of that as well. Yeah. This does not <laughs> neighborhoods yeah, exactly. Yeah. This does not necessarily stop at your front door. And again, when you're starting off, then it might be wise to stop at your front yeah, door. You know, do yeah. what you can manage. Yeah, but yeah. I do think that as we grow in the practice, it is important to remember to extend those boundaries as well. And, you know, if you are someone who, like myself, you know, is interested in urban paganism and, and actually lives that and yeah. is like connected to the city in which you live or the town in which you live, the community that you're part of then you can actually bring some of this outward yeah. into that space as well yeah. yeah and that goes for for rural as well obviously um, yes. I would I would have done very very similar when I was living out in the wilds of Roscommon we had a local yeah. bog that was part of my boundaries you know and there were sacred sites and forts and everything in the area there's my child just come home <laughs> <laughs> um and uh yeah so like all of that is part of it but if you as Jer said if you're just starting out you can literally I mean you can make this your your bed you know your bed yeah. could be your 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 warded space so that you can sleep yeah. safe at night you know make it as small as feels manageable to yes. you or as yes. or as large as feels manageable definitely but yes that that intention of you know okay so I've done step one I've done step two whatever way you want to mix that around that's fine but I'm creating these wards to protect my home and those within it from negative energies. You know, any variation on that, obviously. 
So then we kind of get into the idea of choosing your materials. Um, and obviously this is going to vary hugely depending on personal practice and tradition and all the rest of it. So many different ways. So many different ways. <laughs> um, I mean, you've got your materials and then we're going to create the wards. And again, both of those are just, there's, there's 101 different ways I could think of off the top of my head. But if you're using things to create wards, you could have crystals, herbs, symbols. You could use plants. You could use stones you could use I, I use the ohm um that kind of goes into more creating the wards I suppose but um you know the these next two steps are definitely a blend of it um so Geraldine it, do you want to address those separately materials and then creating the wards um I think yes no I just yeah. do you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually share a screen oh, with you do, there yeah. and I'll describe it for in case people are listening rather than um yeah yeah them watching now these are two pictures of two you'll get them in almost every kind of gift shop or irish celtic themed shop and um, they're transfers for your window you put them on they have a nice celtic design on them they're see-through and they go on the glass mm -hmm. that's the one on my back door and that's the one on my front door they cost me approximately 2.99 each mm -hmm. i have had them for donkey's years. I got this when I was living in rented accommodation. I married 15 years and it would have been another five years maybe before that. So they're about 20 years old. Yeah. And I lived in a house sharing with people. Again, you know, there's a limit, you know, to how much claim you can put on other people's spaces. Mm. But these were lovely, pretty things that I used as talismans mm -hmm. that I imbued with my intent and that I placed on my front door and my back door. Yeah, yeah. And they they were my first, like in my own living space, you know what I mean, kind of physical wards that I made. Yeah. So I just offered them here because sometimes we, you know, like literally, it can be something as simple and accessible as that, as a transfer that you like, that has a symbol you resonate with, that you use. Yeah. Yeah, you can. Yeah, my my first ward um, was I had just discovered paganism at 16 and I got a stone from the beach, kind of a flat stone. And I literally just with acrylic paint or maybe even permanent marker. I can't remember now because um, I've had a couple of variations over the years, but um, I just drew a spiral on it. And in my brain, it was um, the beach is a boundary. The, you know has always been a boundary so it was a beach stone for me um you know it wasn't a fancy crystal it wasn't anything like that and the spiral then to my mind the the action and this is more again the the, the beach stone would be the choose the material and then creating the wards were kind of jumping between those again but drawing that spiral on it I put it on my window ledge in my bedroom when I was you know I was 16 I was still living in my parents house and that was you know, that was a, a danger point as far as I was concerned, right? So I literally just sat on my window ledge and the spiral then would act as a kind of a trap, basically. This is how I kind of set it up, you no. know? Yeah. That something would be would be literally caught in, like flushing down a drain, yeah. right? And it would go into the sea from there, yeah. right? And that was no, my first word, you know? That's it. That makes, that. And it makes yeah. literal perfect sense. It was, it was logical, exactly before I got my little pretty transfers that I have saved over the years 
I used just, you know, like sunflower oil, cooking mm-hmm. oil. And literally I used to put that. And I mean, as a kid, I was obsessed with making weird potions in the back garden. Oh, same, one of the things yeah. we used to do, we used to put like flower petals into <laughs> oil, you know, and uh, I used to draw little things on windows and, and, and on the doors. Now, I grew up in a house and many, many Irish people grew up in a house where there was a holy water font by the front door. And the idea was that you blessed yourself going in or out. But uh, and people blessed houses with holy water. So like it didn't seem to me to be anything odd in, yeah, yeah. you know, using something yeah. like a. And I have to say, one of the first things I ever did was a spiral. Yeah, yeah. Yep. It just as you're talking actually about about childhood stuff, um I'm I'm reminded and I hadn't really put it into this kind of category before, but I remember my mother being very upset with me at one point because I had taken um her her clove of garlic and put it all on top of my um door frame and my window. Um and that I would have been eight, nine, I suppose, at yes. that point. And she wanted the garlic for dinner and I'd used it all. And she's like, where? And my sister told on me. So, you know, I got in trouble for that. But that was because garlic. Now, I mean, in my brain, it was something like vampires coming in the window or whatever. But it was a ward, right? It was yes. it was warding against it. That's and I also fun. from earlier than that. Sorry, Jared, just one sec. No. From earlier than that. Um, every well, every child of, of our age, of our, our generation would have grown up with the prayer. Um, as I lie down to go to sleep, I pray to God my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take, right? Now, terrified the life out of me as a small, small child. Scared the be Jesus out of me. I was convinced I I would die in my sleep. Exactly. Dying in my sleep, my soul's gone. Have to do something to stop this, right? Obviously, clearly, action was needed. So there was a second part to that prayer which isn't as common, but um, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, God bless this bed that I lie on, right? We had bunk beds at the time and my sister always got the top bunk because she was a little bit more um, assertive than me, shall we say, right? Even though I'm the older. Um, But I would go around to the four corners of the bunk beds and each post was a Matthew a Mark a Luke and a John I was cast in a fucking circle around my bed but it was it was like a a rectangle (laughs) it was a bubble basically I was putting us in a bubble right using these four points and I I suppose I never really thought of that as warding before but that's actually what it is right It's, it's exactly what it is and my brain as a child worked exactly like that very very familiar territory there (laughs) and I have to say the other thing that was I uh, as a child and I have to say as an adult like I've never really lost it stones little stones little pebbles and particular types of pebbles now I it's not all one type of quartz or Mm. literally you pick up a pebble and just something feels right in your hand and that ends up going into my pocket I carry it around with me it's in my hand like I've got at least one in my bag my handbag at the moment um shells from a beach absolutely cannot go to a beach or leave a beach and I I find it quite amusing that my youngest cannot leave a beach without taking a stone and will put it in his pocket and I just watch this I I, yeah that's me he is me walking around you know and little stones by windows and I used to like leave them so the moonlight could get them yeah and that was a very 
a very comforting war. That was a very comforting thing yeah. for me. Yeah. Um, I would say as people listen to this, they've probably gone in their own head, they'll spark off little thoughts of, I used to do this as a kid. I used yeah. to do that. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know the way they say, listen to your inner child, yes. listen to your inner yes. Because as children instinctively know what makes them feel comfort yeah. and what makes them feel safe. Yeah. And they're not self-conscious about it. And if there was something you did like that, that's you touch back to that because that is what made you feel safe. You have a connection with it. Yeah, Reach absolutely. back, touch it. Absolutely. The, the other thing, can I just yeah, jump no, in with on, this yeah, point? And it might be a little premature, but we're talking about here about wards. Mm. And the way I look at it is a ward is like a burglar alarm. It will stop the burglar. You know, it mm. stops the person coming in. But when we talk about this area, we say wards and hexes. And a hex is more like the barbed wire at the top of the spikes that you put around your house. Mm. So the wards we're talking about, I associate with comfort and security and safety. The other add-on to that, that people can do or not as they are comfortable. I come from a tradition which is very comfortable with mm. it and other people don't. But the, the hex is the punishment for maliciously attempting yeah. to breach your barrier. And it's very important that people understand it is not just a willy nilly, oh my God, like wards are good, hex is bad. It is if someone maliciously attacks you, it is quite a good idea to have some barbed wire at the top of a spike on the top of your your wall around should, your garden. Yes, it should it should activate a laser as far as I'm concerned. Yes, that, like, absolutely. you know, go straight to um, them. Yeah. 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 So but like so wards, you know. I, I associate with symbols of, of like you, I mean, I, the spiral and it catching, the, that is classic. You know, that is yeah. exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Hexes are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. And for me, would usually, again, we're talking about intent, you must be very, very clear in your intent. And I would associate them more with, for example, putting like a, a word written in oil on your window pane. Mm -hmm. or it should be quite hidden it shouldn't be obvious and it should be very very tailored to what you want to achieve absolutely yeah and again you know if you're starting off as a beginner your wards are going to be plenty um you know if you're not if you're not being actively targeted then a ward is going to be absolutely plenty to be just bouncing off any kind of negative you know when when you're one down the road looks in your window and says you know has a little fit of the jealous green-eyed monster and you know, you don't want that stuff kind of coming in through your window, right? So, you know, it, it can be as simple as that. Um, and obviously then, you know, as you get more experience and you, you know, um, you let kind of level up, if you like, your own personal practice. I'm not talking about any kind of hierarchy here, just in your own experience levels, um, like in a video game, <laughs> right? <laughs> you will be able to do more things, you know, Um and, and be more comfortable and be more effective, you know. And if someone is in a position, I mean, a lot of people will be in a very ordinary level of safety or security. Yeah. But if someone is in a situation that's fraught and full of danger and insecure, then exploring the idea of just that little added protection behind the ward and the safety of the ward may actually be necessary because if you have if you're living in a situation where someone is actively particularly like emotionally abusing you mm. but particularly 
where you feel constantly attacked or under strain, their intent is so strong that you may need to yes. bulk up yeah. the intent to match. So yeah. there's so um, many variations. Like yeah. There's so much. Yeah, definitely. And there's a really good example, actually, just um, to segue into from the Irish tradition specifically. Um, now, I know it's not just Irish, but it definitely featured very strongly would be what's what's now called the witch's bottle. Right. But it is. At its, at its most element, you know, you're, you're talking about choosing your materials. You get a little bottle or a jar, usually glass, and you would take the materials that would be traditionally associated with protection in Ireland. So that would be rowan, rowan berries. Um, there would be um, usually pins or needles, you know, something kind of steel. There could be little bits of broken glass in there, and I'll explain why in a minute. Um, sometimes urine was added to it, right? Um, a lot of the Yes. Um, red thread then would have featured and maybe sealed with wax, you know. Um, so and, you know, a very simple version of this would be literally taken to rowan sticks. And rowan is uh, mountain ash here. So rowan, uh, two rowan sticks and crossing them over, but actually any any wood or any sticks and tying them with red thread and making a little cross. And then that that would be a protection symbol that you could hang up, you know, just as we're talking about materials, that would be one to mention. But the witch's bottle particularly you know, when you when you combine those materials to create the ward, what you end up with is effectively a little trap, right? So it, it acts as a ward, it acts as a barrier, but it also acts as a hex because that's why the sharp materials are in there. That's why the broken pins or, you know, anything like that. The urine is even used as a lure, you know. Um, now, I will put a little caveat on that. The urine would actually be um, when you're talking about the she particularly, if you're protecting from otherworldly energies, um, there's there's kind of two schools of thought as to why the urine would have been in there. One is that urine is very repellent to anything otherworldly. They absolutely hate it. They detested the thought of crossing over that yeah. or en engaging with that would just be like um, not not appealing to otherworldly entities shall we say so you've got that kind of supernatural protection element there but from a, a human danger element if somebody is actually magically kind of targeting you honing in on you you have physical dna you have physical energy phys physical manifestation within that urine blood would be another one you know um now i know we're getting way into the weeds here but you know it is part of the Irish tradition so it should be talked about it should yeah. be mentioned and there's nothing wrong with it right so um the urine would actually act as a lure in that sense um to literally draw whatever malignant ne negative um you know yeah. or or potentially harmful energy it's kind of acting as a little substitute for you so it's not being drawn to you it's being drawn to this particular source um and then it gets trapped then in the bottle and you know so that would be a very, I mean, you know, we talked about traditional. I mean, we are talking a couple of hundred years. It's not ancient. Well, as far as we know, <laughs> you know. Um, yeah, I mean, there is there is a general sense in which we can say that a lot of folk practices are echoes mm. of a, a much older past. And you can see it if you study anything to do with um, yeah, even magical kind of things that are mentioned within uh, the, 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 any saga or any literature that we have in Old Irish you will see that echoed into modern practice, but it is an echo. It's not a, you know, yeah, so we just have to be very line, yeah. aware yeah. Like, that it's an echo. But, the, you know, the way I look at it is, 
the last 400 years of Irish history were a little busy and fraught. <laughs> and we are, we, are the, we are the descendants of people who survived, who survived famine, who survived brutal genocidal oppression. And we are thriving. So the old ways, they did something right. Absolutely. And at a time when our people weren't allowed to have doctors, we couldn't have any kind of help. We had no, I mean, you, you, for a large period, we weren't allowed to have priests. We had nothing. We were thrown on our own resources and we survived with our heritage yeah. in a better shape than it has any right to be considering what they tried to do yeah, to it. Exactly. So the old ways worked. Yeah. That's, you know, we, ha- we are the living proof of that. Yes, so. exactly. So, yeah, um, your materials, um, you want to basically choose materials that are going to resonate and align with your intention for the wards, with your own personal circumstances and all of that. And then when you get to step four, we're still calling it, we create the wards. Um, there's many different ways to create the wards. We've obviously talked about some of them already. Um, some common methods would include placing you know, stones or crystals or herbs at the four corners of your property, um, drawing symbols on your doors or windows, as we've talked about, um, or creating a protective circle around your property that could be walking the boundaries and would be very much a part of the Irish traditions, particularly at festivals and, you know, turning points of the year, the boundaries would always be walked on and um, walked around. Um, so I, I think we've kind of covered those, have we? We've creating the wards. So I'm um, like, I, I mean, again, just I suppose it's worth, reiterating you can use a physical representation like anything like my my transfers like stones like if that's not your bag or you can't find something don't put it off till you find the perfect thing oh absolutely use anything you know what i mean like use use anything here you go here's here's a cup this can be a ward right now (laughs) we can literally we can put some water in it and it can act as a little trapping pool by the front door (laughs) and you you can anoint your windows your doors with oil Mm. you know a a simple thing to do is to take herbs that are associated with protection Mm -hmm. at roan berries as well and pop them into a a little container full of sunflower oil cooking oil whatever oil you have to hand and just infuse it for a couple of days yeah and then some people will put it on the window so the sun can literally get through it Mm. I like to put it where the sun and the moon. If you can get both, I think that's really, really cool. But again, you don't even have to do that. If your intent is clear enough, you can use that to protect yourself. And that alone, if that, you know, if you, I I don't think you need to even be clever about it. Mm. That is enough if your intent is clear. Yeah, absolutely. And if you have a tree in your front garden, that tree, can become a ward you know um i would maybe put that more because a tree is a living entity obviously and a plant or anything that you're using like that i would put that more in the ally category which is maybe a whole other ball game yes they would function as a ward if you can build relationship with them but laura how do you build relationship with a tree well um i do have a whole class at the irish pagan school about native irish trees and you can absolutely go into that and there's a guided journey there where you can meet the spirit of the tree and i would i would always use a journey my journeying practice there's free classes at the irish pagan school about how to you know journey and meet these entities and all the rest of it so 
those tools are there for you absolutely go and check out both the free and the paid resources and again that that checklist that free gift that we've created <laughs> um really does cover a lot of this so absolutely make use of those free resources that are there for you but you know and that's where you can kind of start to practically bring in those allies and those you know yes. ancestors you know all of that that you kind of set your intention for earlier maybe um, bring them on board you know like get them get them on the same page as you you know and this brings us back again to integration to integrating your life with your with your yes. your daily life and your magical intent and like that ancestors you know they're not just a pretty altar Absolutely. you have to you ha- they have to be part of your daily life and your daily practice being being connected to things like living entities like trees walking the boundaries feeling a guardianship of land or city this should all you could start by warding your house mm. and bit by bit there's no race but bit yeah. of it yeah, yeah. build it yeah. out yes. and integrate it and some some new year's day you'll go you know this is a great day to renew all the wards in my house and mm. and you'll find yourself calling on the ancestors you'll find yourself dressing the tree you'll find and you'll all of this will just be as natural as breathing yeah because it's all built up into this integrated practice and when you try and kind of come at it from the other side it can be very overwhelming you know um especially if if you're not kind of sure what good what good resources are there's a lot of shite on the internet there really is especially about irish or celtic anything um and you know so we're really trying to kind of simplify it here and take it back to basics but as Ger said it's, it's an excellent point Ger. like it really does become part of then you know these living traditions then become a part of your living spirituality your actual practice um so yeah so we mentioned um we mentioned uh, plants as well like you can actually use uh, the the plant pot um if you have a, a plant by your door or a, a planter outside your door even you know and um, you could you could use the actual pot then you could paint a symbol onto that to create a ward and um, there's there's a there's 101 different ways of doing it your your only limit really is your imagination i suppose um, and if you do have questions we're going to post this on youtube and i think we're going to put it on the podcast as well so um, if you're listening on the podcast, pop over to the YouTube channel. You can ask questions underneath the video. Um, you know, if you have specific questions, um, we'll keep an eye on it. Um, but then once all this is set up, Ger, um, oh, and you know, one thing I wanted to give an honourable mention to is uh, because, as again, as we record this, we're in January here. Um, February is coming up. The Bridges Cross is a fantastic war. Yes. <laughs> And Fantastic. this year is going to be the year to, to bring a Bridget Cross into here. We are finally, finally, we have all four major yes. festivals. We yes. have a bank holiday. Let's let's yes. really make this Bridget here. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Um, and time of the year then, you know, again, we have resources and we have classes at the Irish yeah. Pagan School about um, the, the fire festivals and the traditions we have both theory and practice and um, resources available on the blog and all the rest of it so please do make sure that you're popping through all those resources and um, inbox in february and uh, that would be st bridget's day is the first isn't it or the second the first i think isn't it first, first yeah, february yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and um and bridges is a great one especially if you're you know 
especially if you're talking about Irish ancestors and, you know, we talked about Christian ancestors and there's a lovely blend between the Christian and the pagan traditions within St. Bridget or the goddess Bridget, um, who was of the two of the Danon. So that's all a lovely tradition. And actually, um, one of our teachers at the Irish Pagan School, Orla Costello, we do have a class there, Introduction to Bridget, but she also runs a, a, a fantastic blog called My Bridget's Forge. Um, and you can find her um the Bridget stuff has been absolutely taken over worldwide. So if you really want a native voice, um, check through um, Orla Costello's. I think she she has the Bridget's Forge Facebook group as well. So you can use that as a point of contact too, um, to learn anything and all. She, she's a specialist. She's a priest of Bridget. So um, that would definitely be a fantastic starting point there. Um, but the Bridget's Cross, um, do I even have an example here? I think I no, you can't really see it. It's it's kind of back there. But they're the, nope. the equal armed. <laughs> Usually what you'll see is that the equal armed cross made of rushes, just in case anybody doesn't know what we're talking about. Um, you could Google Bridget's Cross and you'll find so many examples of it um, in Google Images. Um, sometimes you get a, a triple armed cross and there's, there's different areas in Ireland had different ways of making them and different designs for them. Um, but again, certainly of our generation, every school child grew up, you yeah. know, we'd, we'd bring the rushes in or sometimes use plastic drinking straws. <laughs> and um, that would be uh, your Bridges Cross brought home. But that, that would be put up, either put up over the hearth to protect the house against fire for the year yeah. and lightning, or it would be put at the front and or back door. Yeah. Um, so that would be a traditional ward here in Ireland. Um, to keep you healthy for the for the whole year um, and the other one then that deserves an honorable mention when we're talking about the actual creation of wards would be an iron horseshoe and i know that's not just irish that is kind of global i think almost um certainly european and has traveled through the the new lands oh. um but uh yeah just the the iron horseshoe then would be one and iron again would be specifically about keeping out the supernatural influences and the otherworldly energies but kind of works as a as a panacea i think as well um you will hear different uh, opinions on whether it should be points up or points down oh no it's points up it's points up, yes, always <laughs> right? points up. oh god I, it points down gives me anxiety absolutely. it really does absolutely. it's like no all of your luck will fall out <laughs> yes. it has to be points up it really does we have one over the house here and we've one um, in what used to be my shop in the premises in town and that was there for hundreds of years like i mean i couldn't even tell you like yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a really old practice and it is really working. Do you know there is somebody, I can't remember their name, but if you Google, they'll find it, who makes beautiful modern ones using recycled horseshoes. Oh. And they're just like, and you can have them done in different ways. You know, you can get a really pretty, pretty version. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and that's an uh, an Irish creator who, yeah. who does them. So yeah. that it's well worth having a look for something like that. And if you could get one that was made in Ireland, so much the better, you know. We have I don't know if you can see it here again like our altars are behind us so that's why I keep kind of referring back but um, I have my little witch doll that my mammy made me when I had my green hair but this might be the same creator Jer, I don't know but this is actually part Healthy. of bookends yeah um, when we ran the heritage crafts shop in Roscommon uh, this guy came into us and he was making them I can't remember where he's from but it's probably a couple of them but I'd say there's a few of them and yeah. it is so so worth yeah yeah definitely like so 
having one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I would not be without one, I have to say. No. And we yeah. even have, just um, speaking of, you know, houses and everything, in our car, um, because we, you know, we, we would do a lot of site, site quests, as we call them, um, we used to before COVID, we were doing monthly um, and we're, we're hoping to get back to that, actually, as we can kind of start to travel around a bit more because we miss it, you know, myself and John. Um, but we would regularly end up in uh, unusual places, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, supernaturally active places, um, you know, very, very otherworldly um, energies and entities flying around and um one of the things that I had from, um, uh, I suppose, a, I, I, call, I call him an uncle, but my family history is down in, in County Clare. And um, there was friends of my granddad's, three old bachelor men who were friends of my granddad's, who I would have grown up with kind of as grand uncles, basically, you know. Um, and one of them, Paddy Tuey, was a horse trader. He was a horse whisperer, basically, you know, he, and he bred the some of the best race horses um you know um would have come out of the twoies down in Clare and he so from his stables um after he died um they had just the wooden door in the shed you know and a nail sticking out of the wooden door and a nail sticking out of the the, the shed and a piece of chain just iron old iron chain that closed the shed door you know and after he died and the farm was gone and everything, um, there was a piece of chain on the ground one day, obviously had fallen off one of those door catchments and I picked it up. And that's actually our, our iron chain. That's our charm that we keep in our car, yeah. you know. So oh, yeah. um, John particularly would, uh, he's, he's, he wouldn't be great now with uh, staying out of trouble, let's just say. He's, <laughs> <laughs> um, he, he earned his name Mr. Stompy for a reason, you know. Um, he would just kind of wander through things and it's not that he's he, he's kind of like deliberately oblivious let's just say yeah. so <laughs> I got I got a little bit anxious on some of these site visits and I was like John would you mind just carrying this <laughs> now obviously he knew what I was doing right but so it goes from the car to John you know? <laughs> yeah depending who needs it <laughs> yes 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 but it's always in the car it's in it's just there in the driver's side and Again, it can be something as simple as that. That yeah. is ancestry to me. That is family yes. tradition. That is our my own oh. heritage. You know, guardianship. Yeah. Um, all of yeah. those things are kind of tied in just in that one simple piece of chain. You know, that I think is such an important point that you can take something that has personal meaning to you. It doesn't have to have universal symbolism. It can exactly, be yeah, yeah. something. If you said to someone, I use an iron chain and they picked up an iron chain, it's not going to work the same way. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's something yeah. that had incredible meaning for you. Yeah. And that makes it powerful as yeah, well. Exactly. I have the name of the person. It's Biddy's Good Luck Horseshoes in Kilkenny. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Love their stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant, brilliant. Uh, uh, not affiliated. We just, uh, we no, just like no, it. it's just actually literally, <laughs> not an ad. <laughs> I, you know, it's my Instagram kind of mind. You know, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, pretty, pretty yeah, pictures. Yeah, yeah. Um, renewing the wards, maintaining the wards exactly. So we're yes. we're on point five. Uh, We've made it there. <laughs> We've got there, but that just when you were saying about the chain. Mm. Uh, that is something so imbued with meaning. It doesn't need renewing. It yeah. has yeah. integral meaning. Yeah. And like, I, 
mean, ideally everything would have that level of, mm. but it doesn't, mm. you know what I mean? We have, if you, and again, it's like the energy building up in your house, even if the energy is good energy over the year, it gets stale and frequent mm. renewal. I like the, uh, for personally, and some people would find this maybe too much to do, but for me, there's a different energy in spring. There's a different energy in summer. There's a different energy in autumn and winter. I like to renew each. I do at I the like festivals as well. I do exactly that. that. I, yeah. I like that. Yeah. If you don't, again, that's not wrong. Mm-hmm. But for me, at least once a year, you have to clear that energy out. And we talked about that at the beginning. It's yeah. exactly the same thing. Use whatever method or means at your yeah. uh, you know, disposal. You literally just I, cycle back and restart the process. Exactly. You know? I would if the area that you've chosen to ward is something as small as your bedroom or a bed or like an area in a house that does really need to be thoroughly re-energized I think a little more often yes than I, a year. I would agree definitely I would agree and it can be as simple as you know the way like you're changing the sheets on your bed you're doing your washing mm-hmm. um that in itself stripping the bed opening the window letting the air in cleaning it up. It doesn't have to be elaborate but you can make your bedroom fresh again you can yeah. and that itself is you know and again when you add intent into it mm. something that's very mundane becomes something important to you and yeah. becomes part of your your daily life yeah. and but it's ritualized and it yeah. has a little more meaning yeah and then like as i say i would do it with the different seasons the changing of the seasons I would very strongly stress if you have a bereavement in the house or you have a major upheaval or some major change of circumstances, let the dust settle. There's no point in doing it and there being more upheaval. Let the dust settle. And then you've got it. You've got to cleanse. You've got to clean. You've got to get it out and then renew your wards. And again, it's intent. You don't have to be elaborate. You intentionally renew them. They're in place. But you recharge. Yeah. yeah. And uh, like, it, you know, you don't want to say to people, you have to do this over and over again. But anything that you do as a regular maintenance mm. of that space, you will get back. You'll get it back in a better energy, in, yeah. you know, more personal just comfort mm. for yourself. Yeah. And, you know, I for mental health, I think it's incredibly important yeah. as well, yeah. for me anyway. Absolutely. And. Um, just as you're saying about changing the beds, I have um, I have a, a lavender room spray that I literally just spritz when, you know, when I'm changing the beds. And again, that's back to purification tools. Lavender would yeah. be purifying for me, you know, but obviously it's a good one for the bedroom. Um, the uh, the whole idea of the cycles is is actually very important as well. And I think it's it's important in Irish spirituality uh, and yeah. paganism and, and magic but um getting yourself into that rhythm that cycle you know and i mean we mentioned the the neurospiciness earlier that can actually help with that as well you know it can kind of provide the impetus to um to actually like overcome executive dysfunction or anything like that now it doesn't have to and it doesn't always and no no shame on anybody who no, you know it doesn't literally, literally the words executive dysfunction were dancing through my yes, brain as yeah, I said that. yeah 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 it's suffered I'm, I'm speaking from my own experience here yeah. you know it just it kind of gives yeah. that extra kick up the arse to actually get it done you know now it, is the it, time there's a reason why we dress our houses for, for the holiday season there's a reason why we spring clean 
these things didn't come about by chance. They're not modern inventions. You know, we do this because these actions, they help us, you know, otherwise we would have just left them behind. I mean, humanity is actually a sharply evolving animal. You know, Mm. when things don't serve us, they fall into disuse. And these things haven't, they've morphed and they've changed and they've become more modern because they serve us well. And I think anything like that is so important. It really is. And, um, I know we had talked about maybe doing a kind of a, a digital element to this, but I think we're actually oh, yeah. we're kind of maybe we'll do a part two, you know, for online yes. warding and online I would and digital. love to do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm obsessed yeah. with online magic, to be honest, yeah. with, with digital yeah. magic. Yeah. I I have to say I can bore for Ireland. <laughs> like I really, in the in the, in yeah. the monologue Ireland mm. Olympics. I'm, I'm, you know, <laughs> I'm a gold medalist. You're I, you're not boring. You're never boring, Jer. <laughs> I love that whole area. And it's it's an area that it surprises me so few people seem to recognize. You know, yeah. I mean, it's literally how much technology is part of our lives now. Yeah. Why would we not extend what we do in our yes, reality exactly, to exactly, our virtual reality? Exactly. Yeah. And so I think that, that that we can maybe put a pin yeah. in that for now. I hate that term, but you know what I mean. And um, if if people are interested in seeing a part two, comment below the YouTube. Let us know. Um, let us know, and we will we will get our our ship together and uh, <laughs> <laughs> align them in the nice and uh, try and make that happen again. Okay. And, and if they're not interested, Laura, I will just ring you someday and tell you anyway. Grace, so, Grace, there Grace. you go. <laughs> Um, that is a, a conversation for over coffee if uh, nobody else wants to listen in that's fine um because I, I think we're very much on the same page about it so I'd like to maybe swap techniques because it's it's relatively yeah. new you know it's relatively new it um, is and that's what I love about it yeah yeah <laughs> but I mean relatively new but the pair of us have been doing it for the last 30 years yeah we're just old we're just old everything everything isn't new anymore because yeah. you've been doing yes. it for a very yes. long time Yes, Geraldine and I met in um, Yahoo chat groups many years ago. <laughs> ah, that was a while back. Yes. It was, yeah, yes. yeah. So, um, so I do want to um, make sure that people know that Geraldine has um, classes at the Irish Pagan School. What I'll do is I'll leave a link below. We've mentioned some. We've mentioned Drake the Kill. We've mentioned the Urban Paganism. I'm blanking. Is there a third one? Am I blanking on that? Uh, there's Ross the Poetry. And the fo- gazing, fire gazing fire gazing yes absolutely so there's there's many classes and also um in january 2023 we are doing a life rights class as well irish irish life rights and um, which is geraldine's specialty actually fantastic or one-off <laughs> one-off in your in your multi-talented bag of tricks um, so I'm very excited for that class. That will be the last Sunday of every month. We do run a live class on the last Sunday of every month and we'll be doing it through 2023 and beyond, hopefully, um, which will be from a range or a mix of teachers, um, myself and John and Geraldine and many others at the Irish Pagan School. Um, so I will leave a link to all of that below. Um, and I leave like a, a, a joint link for all of Geraldine's classes. How about that? Because that way, even if you're watching this at some time in the future, you'll actually get a link to everything that Geraldine teaches at the Irish Pagan School and also um, your your websites and all. I'll, I'll copy all those into the notes. Ah, okay. okay. So is there anything else that you want to, to finish on? No, uh, just uh, and again, if people do have questions, pop them in like 
they you know what I mean we we cover a lot but there's always yeah. something we didn't think of yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know yeah 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 and um you know if I just want to kind of finish, I suppose, on, you know, because, again, overwhelm is something we have talked about a lot here. And again, Geraldine and I are very experienced practitioners. We have run the the gauntlet of all sorts of experience over the years and dealing with different situations and mentoring and, you know, priesthood to many different people who were in those kind of different situations. So we would have a lot of experience under our belts, both individually and collectively. but I really don't want people to be overwhelmed. Like those five points that I mentioned at the top of the video, you can like start from where you are, right? Um, grab that free gift, the checklist that's below and start, you know, work through. It's, it's a checklist. You literally can pick one thing and just check it off. You know, it's given in suggested order. So if you're completely new to it, you can literally just start through that. And, you know, set one ward at your bedside and and start there. You know, your intention would be for a a good night's sleep, you know, and no kind of negative energies to come at you when you're asleep. And you can literally start that simple. Um, You can, uh, when you're having a shower, you can literally kind of set, you can draw, draw a little spiral in the steam on the shower door or on the window or whatever. And that can act as a ward for the day. You know, it wouldn't last very long, but that's your ward for the day, right? You could you could literally draw a spiral over your heart and say, you know, my intent is to protect myself for the day. You know, it can yeah. honestly be as simple or as complicated as you need or want it to be. But I actually think everybody who is an experienced practitioner who is talking about, I'm going to take care of my entire city or this whole county that I live in, you know, also do the little shower thing and have the ward by your bed yes. and don't forget your simple practices because that is yep. those kind of little stepping stones are what all of our spiritual traditions and all of our magical practices can and should i believe should be made of those little daily integrations as geraldine said earlier you know they build up into a cohesive spiritual tradition for yourself that is personalized that is relevant that is effective you know obviously magic should be effective (laughs) and you know don't ignore the simple things and wherever you're at you can just start there and you can start there today you know now there was one specific question i was asked and i forgot to address and it was really really quickly someone asked about words of power and one of the simplest things to understand is if you take a word that has power now it can be something that means something to you or it can be a word like resilience or protection or but and particularly if you can translate it into the Irish I think Mm -hmm. myself that's an added layer but if you have that written somewhere in your house if you have that even perhaps as a talisman that you carry with you out into the world and that is a really important thing to do now the, the word that you pick needs to have resonance for you and if possible, should be a word that others might recognize as, as being powerful. Mm-hmm. That makes it kind of universal. And so if someone was to come up against you emotionally or spiritually, they will understand that that word is a warning. If it, it's no, you don't pass here. Yeah, yeah. So you find something you like, you use it, you can write it on your window, you could put it on a piece of paper and maybe put it under your little rock by your bed. Yeah. No no problem any way that you you feel to use it you can carry it in your wallet 
one of the questions was though they graph like that is fairly straightforward but do you carry it forward into the year with you and I would say yes yeah. I do more than that I every year rather than resolutions or anything like that which I think are self-defeating I pick a word to live by mm. last year everyone in the family including the kids picked a word to live by for the year yeah. and we printed it out and we tried to live up to it for the year if you have a word of power that you use for your protection, think of it in exactly the same way. It's like a resolution for the year. You are going to make choices. And you say to yourself, I am going to make choices that live up to that. And again, protection, resilience, and boundaries is a really yeah. good word. Boundaries. <laughs> and it, it acts as a reminder to you. And it also keeps you safe during the year so sorry that was just something I didn't want no, to I, address I actually, that one question I really appreciate that and it kind of reminded me I did briefly mention the OM and I said that I'd get back to it and I didn't yes. um I actually am doing a lot of work on this kind of thing through the OM Academy um because the next stage to that when you get into kind of magical side of things for me is you're translating it into Irish and then you can write it in OM and using the OM then as a magical yes. language, as, as a sigil, then you're creating a sigil. So sigils and wards are not quite the same thing, but they, they can act in the same functions. Yeah. Um, and a sigil can be a type of ward, if that makes sense. Um, so having that word translated into Irish and then written in OM is mm. actually how I would often like... Um, my my eldest child came to me looking for um, a protective thing that they that he could carry around. And um, that was what I did. I got a post-it and I, I, I meditated and journeyed on a particular word that was going to be relevant for him for this particular purpose. And I wrote it in OM and I charged it um, and I gave it to him and he carries it then in his phone case, you know, and that's, that's a war, you know, it's magic. It's, it's all of those yeah. things. That so is literally, yes. yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. And um, to bring Jer's point of sound into it as well, you know, that word then can also be um, vocalized, yes. you know, if, if you're, if you find yourself, if you have this protective sigil or ward that you're carrying around with you, or that's, printed out on your wall or whatever it is you can actually vocalize that then to energize that to connect to that yeah. to um you know sound and matter are the mother and father of om um, whether that's in om or in irish um you know it, it it can get very complicated but it can just be that simple it could be one <laughs> om yeah. letter even yeah you know? yeah um so if people do want to know about that i've started a whole new school <laughs> about the om um because it's it's my it's my uh it's my thesis topic, but it's also my my very much my area of interest um, and specialty, I, I, I like to think. Um, so om.academy, O-G-H-A-M dot academy. You will find there's a blog, there's a mailing list, there's going to be classes in the new year, there's all the rest of it. So um, you can absolutely go over there. There's resources over there. Um, and there's YouTube videos as well um, on my YouTube channel, my other YouTube channel. Um, so... I think I think that's all the questions answered. And I think that's everything that we kind of wanted to touch on. We'll do a part two on digital. If people are interested, comment below. Um, if you want to check out the resources, we will have links to everything below the YouTube video. Um, all Jer's classes, life rights, poetry, novels, all that wonderful, wonderful 
content and goodness that you're putting out into the world you're you're so impressive um thank you very much <laughs> seriously very very impressive um and uh we'll have links to all of that we will have links of course to that um that checklist so if, if you do nothing else download that checklist and just start working through those resources okay and just kind of familiarize yourself with that and set a ward before you go to sleep tonight this is your action point this is your action step set a ward by your bed this evening tonight before you go to sleep and um, in the simplest way that you can manage actually make it a challenge for yourself to keep it simple right? yeah. no matter your level of experience yeah. keep it simple okay okay awesome thank you so much for your time Jer. um and uh, thank you for very, having me <laughs> sorry for taking you away from your children and your family um give them all my best and your mammy i will do i am actually going to pretend this call goes on for at least half an hour long <laughs> love it i'm just gonna be sitting here with the headphones on mm-hmm, uh-huh. mm-hmm. yeah yeah definitely yeah 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 okay <laughs> okay it's longer fall and i will see you next time bye so bye If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a positive review in your podcast listener. Then head over to irishpaganschool.com and enroll in one of our free or paid courses. Slongafol and we will see you next time.